coming up, we have to discuss that preposterous Madison Bumgarner ejection during the sweep of the Miami Marlins. And then we're talking with Sully Baseball, part three of our conversation, the finale, where we're discussing the usage of starting pitchers in modern baseball. And we're actually having a discussion about the Marlins team in general as well. So let's jump right into it. Daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist, and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24, then myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. The format of today's episode is going to be a little different. We usually usually do three-segment podcasts, but today's only going to be two segments because... The Sully Baseball Part 3 conversation just doesn't really work if you try to break it up into two. So we're just going to do one long segment number two instead of doing two segments to end the pod. But before we get to that Part 3 with Sully, we have to discuss Game 3 against the Miami Marlins. Because this might have been, I don't know if it was the most wild D-backs game of the season. You can make that argument. I think I would make the argument this has been the most wild D-backs game of the season. You can make the argument, is it the most wild game of the Major League Baseball season so far? We're still very early in 2022. Maybe you make the argument with the combined no-hitter with the New York Mets. But in terms of excitement, is a combined no-hitter really that exciting? You're watching a team literally do nothing. I would like to think uh, a game that's back and forth of this magnitude where you have the drama and the Madison Bumgarner situation. And I think that's where we have to start with this game because... Mad Bum, he's been on a roll. He's been on a tear recently. He was second in Major League Baseball, I think, entering this game with a 1.17 ERA. And he's going to leave this game with a higher ERA than he came in with because he only pitched one inning. He gave up a home run in that inning, and that's going to screw up his ERA. I actually should look up his ERA. I got his box score right here, actually. One inning, one earned run, and his ERA went from a 1.17 to a 1.5 ERA. So still freaking phenomenal, but it was Absolutely, I don't want to cuss on this podcast. I don't know what's the line for me to get really vulgar on this podcast, but I'll keep it PG PG 13. It was stupid. It was preposterous. It was outrageous. Use whatever adjective you want to use. Fill in the ad lib yourself. I really can't believe what I saw in today's game because this series, from the officiating standpoint, has been disgusting. I thought it was going to culminate yesterday with that foul ball. That was a fair ball. I agree. They ended up getting the call right, but they called foul on the field. I thought it was a non-reviewable play. Somehow they reviewed it. Somehow they overturned it. I feel like if they called foul on the field, it should remain foul, even though I do agree that they call got the call right. But what happened today was way worse than what happened in Game 2 against the Miami Marlins. And I'm recording this at 5.20 p.m., so if I keep saying today, it's because I'm recording this way after the game on Wednesday because the D-backs, Madison Bumgarner, he got absolutely screwed. I mean, I get checking guys for foreign substances and sticky stuff after every inning if that's the prerogative of the umpires. Like, there's nothing wrong with that because we saw how they treated 
um, the Marlins starting pitching Hernandez. We saw how they treated that starter because he didn't even have to stop his walking motion when he was going to the bench. They literally checked him as he was walking off the mound. He literally never broke stride in the Umpire basically just did a half-second swipe across his hand like it was a low five. Like, they barely checked Hernandez. But for Massive Bumgarner, that was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, the umpire was straight baiting Massive Bumgarner. He was fishing for something. And I don't really understand why. Is it because Massive Bumgarner was probably upset with a strike call or a ball call or just overall upset with the strike zone? Maybe. But does that mean the umpire has the right to go create a personal beef and vendetta with the starting pitcher on the other side and basically bait him? Like, maybe Madison Bumgarner should have been a little bit more poised and calm, but the umpire literally took Mad Bum's hand. He groped it, massaged it for 10 minutes, like, as if it was his freaking job and Madison Bumgarner was paying him by the minute. And then he literally never looked at his hand once. The umpire, go watch the replay, watch it in slow motion. I don't think he freaking blinks during the play. I think he's locked eyes with Mad Bum the whole time, literally never blinking once. And Mad Bum's like, yeah, keep looking at my hand. There's nothing freaking there, dude. And eventually, those two just kind of get into it. And you see Mad Bum, like, I, that's the most heated I've ever seen Mad Bum. And Mad Bum's been an emotional guy throughout his career. He's been a guy that wears his heart on his sleeves before, but it's usually out of passion for the game. This was just straight fury and anger he had directed toward the umpire. And it was right. I, I think he was right in his anger toward the umpire because it's ridiculous. You grope his hand for 10 minutes. You don't find anything. You're talking crap to Mad Bum. Mad Bum responds. And because he says a cuss word or two, you throw him out the game when you were just groping him for no reason. It makes no sense. And I was so glad the D-backs were able to come back and win this game because I felt like they needed this game for Madison Bumgarner because of how ridiculous today's game went. And not just today's game, but the whole series against the Miami Marlins. So I was very happy to see a sweep because... After Mad Bum came out, you had to go find yourself a starter. It's not like the D-backs were ready for Mad Bum to go one inning. And so they brought in Corbin Martin. I thought he was fine today. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was amazing. But I didn't think he was bad. He did give up some hard contact. Gave up a couple earned runs. Walked four guys. But you like to see his pitching velocity at 94 miles per hour on his fastball. He could still throw hard. He was serviceable today. So I was fine with Corbin Martin's you know, uh, start today. Or I guess long relief appearance for the D-backs. And when you think about how this game went, like three earned runs in the first two innings of the game, massive Bumgarner just gets thrown out. It feels like the D-backs are going to get mollywopped in the series finale, but no, that didn't happen. The D-backs had a fantastic rally in the fourth inning because Hummel walked, then Ketel Marte had a double, and then the most unlikeliest hero, Alcantara, cleared the bases with a triple. Two people scored. Perdomo got in on the action with a single RBI. Then Dalton Varsho smashed a home run. And his home run, I believe it had, let me pull up his exit velocity here. Because the home run exit velocity by Dalton Varsho was 105.8 miles per hour off the bat. Third best exit velocity in this game behind only two players. And one that we'll talk about later. But... D-backs go up 5-3. They get another insurance run later in the game. So they're up 6-3. They're up three runs. You're like, you have to win this game for Mad Bum. The D-backs finally retook the lead. It feels like they're going to get the sweep. You only have to last a couple of more innings. But we've seen the D-backs bullpen be on a mission this series. I don't know why, but they've been determined to blow at least one of these games. They've gotten dangerously close the last two games. You look at the seventh inning stats. That's where the Marlins have done all their damage the last two games. And... Right on cue, we're already in the bullpen because Madison Bumgarner gets thrown out. And in the seventh inning, 
after Kyle Nelson comes out, after getting the first two guys out of the inning, Noah Ramirez comes in the game, who I usually trust. He's been scuffling a little bit lately, but if I had to do my trustworthy power rankings for just the bullpen, Noah Ramirez probably would have been top three, top four. He's one of the most trustworthy guys we have out of our bullpen, and he just did not have the stuff today. He gave up back-to-back home runs to cut the game to just one, and you're like, man, the bullpen once again. The seventh inning is just getting shelled, and you're like, why is it always in the seventh inning? I, I was complaining the last couple games because I just didn't like Toy Lavelle's choices to come out the bullpen in those high-leverage moments. I would have been happy with uh, uh, Noah Ramirez. I'm not going to complain or say anything about Noah Ramirez when he comes out the bullpen because, like I said before, I trust him. If he brought out Caleb Smith again or Luis Frias in this uh, close ball game, I would have been very upset but with Noah Ramirez I was like that makes sense Toy Lovello I like Kyle Nelson coming in now you bring in Noah Ramirez okay we're trying to get this sweep but Noah Ramirez did not want to back up his manager today because he gives up back-to-back home runs the Marlins cut it to within one but you're like we just got to get through two innings we're probably going to see Mantiply we're probably going to see Ian Kennedy we still got a huge chance to win this game and in that eighth inning we saw the worst man supply we've ever seen because he gave up a couple hits. He gave up his first earned run of the year. And the D-backs gave up the lead. The bullpen gave up the lead for the first time in this series. And the Marlins tied it up. So Middleton comes in after man supply. And he throws a wild pitch that scores Jazz Chisholm, who once again had two hits in this game. And that Jazz score goes against man supply. So... That's a rough first way for Mantiply to get his first earned run of the year because I thought the D-backs might escape with that. But no, wild pitch by Middleton. All of a sudden, the D-backs are down one run and you're entering the ninth. You're like, how are the D-backs up six to three 30 minutes ago? Now, all of a sudden, they're down one entering the ninth. It felt like they just blew the game. The bullpen finally blew the game, especially on a day where all the energy was hopefully backing up Mass and Bumgarner and you just felt like... The D-backs didn't win this game. Uh, It wasn't going to be a momentum killer for what they've been doing recently, but you would have just been demoralized after today's game, after everything everything that transpired to be up in that game, already make one comeback in the game, and then to see a bullpen blow it after trying to blow it the last few days. It just would have been a super demoralizing loss, even though I don't think it would have made an impact on the next series against the Colorado Rockies. But we don't have to worry about demoralizing losses because we got the exact opposite. We got an uplifting win because Paven Smith, he's returned home. He's from Miami, I guess, or he's from Florida. I have I should probably check exactly where we're Paven Smith's from, but his family has been in attendance, and Paven Smith came through in the clutch in the ninth inning because Dalton Varsho got it got it started with a single, and then Paven Smith comes in and crushes the ball to right field, 380 feet, and it was the second hardest hit ball of the game, 106.1 miles per hour off the bat. D-backs clutch it out. D-backs get the sweep. And I honestly think this might have been the most wild D-backs game I saw all season. I was glad for them to get the win. I was hyped that they got Madison Bumgarner's back and they were able to pull it out for him. This was a fantastic D-backs win. D-backs have now won seven of their last nine games. And next up for the D-backs, we're going to be going against the Colorado Rockies. And the D-backs are now 500 on the season, 13-13. and They do good against the Colorado Rockies and win that series. They could Hopefully leapfrog them in the division and then we could talk real crap against Paul Holden of Lockdown Rockies who's going to be on Friday's edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. So it's going to be a fun pot on Friday with Paul, but let's soak it in right now. D-backs are not playing Thursday, so let's soak in this win. Let's soak in this series and let's soak in the last couple of weeks because the D-backs have been playing really good baseball. The pitching, starting pitching at least, has been really good and the offense is finally starting to click. We've seen it 
in this series against the Marlins. They came up with big hits, home runs, extra base hits. I'm really proud of what the D-backs are doing right now, and they are making it really fun to do this Locked on Diamondbacks podcast for you guys. So thank you for listening, and thank you to D-backs for giving me good content on a Wednesday night. Now, after a long recap like that, I'm going to need some energy to keep me going through my day. And one thing that helps me get energy to start my day is Athletic Greens because our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I start taking AG1 because I want to live a healthier lifestyle. And Athletic Greens was able to do that for me to start my days. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. So what is it? It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it works for every kind of lifestyle. It costs less than $3 a day. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews online. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Whether she prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has the fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high-quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Celebrating the special women in your life on BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every price point. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On MLB listeners get $50 off a $500 order. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. And don't forget to check out BetOnline.net because it's your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to bring up two other things that happened over the weekend. First of all, the okay. the Miami Marlins lost on Sunday, but that was the end of a seven-game winning streak. And like I said, if you're a team that's kind of on the bubble, it's better for yourself psychologically to get off to the fast start. And I've been saying all offseason yeah, that you the did. Marlins have the pitching to be a contender. They just need the bats. Well, they went on a run against some good teams, including Seattle. They weren't just playing chumps. Alcantara's pitching great. Pablo Lopez is pitching like a Cy Young contender. 
their bullpen can't be touched, although Anthony Bender's had a couple of bad games. But Bass, by the way, Anthony Bass, relief pitcher for the um, Marlins. Please, please, Angels, sign him. We need more fish names on the Angels. But that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, Cody, What about fish uh, names on the Marlins? Well, that's probably true, but this may be confusing. Hey, you have a bass, he's a Marlin. No, he's not. He's a bass. Um, but, like, they're not getting hitting from Rojas. They're not getting hitting from Avisel no. uh, Garcia. They're getting most of their hitting from Chaz Chisholm and a little bit yeah. from Joey Wendell. Uh, and while Jorge Soler's numbers are way down, he's had a couple of massive bombs. You know, Garrett Cooper's not been much of anything. They've just been, they've been winning with a pitching, but they've been winning. And I think that's great. Yeah, Jazz Chisholm has basically done his best Byron Buxton impersonation for the Miami Marlins because he's carried that team offensively. And guess what? You know what team Jazz Chisholm used to play for? You know who drafted him? The Arizona Diamondbacks. And guess what? Starting tomorrow, we got a matchup. D-backs versus the Miami Marlins. And you know who's on the mound? You're talking about, we talked about earlier in the segment or on the podcast, Sully. Big-time matchups between aces and starting pitchers. Well, the D-backs got their ace on the mound tomorrow, Zach Gallon versus Pablo Lopez, and Pablo Lopez has been a stud so far this season for the Marlins. He has he been. Leads, he has been. Yeah, he leads all of Major League Baseball in ERA, .39. He's got like 23 strikeouts and 23 innings, four walks allowed. He's been insane this season. Their whole rotation has been insane. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Sandy Alcantara has been really good for that team. Yeah, it's Deuce Lizardo who they acquired in that Starling Marte deal. First of all, don't even get me started on that because the D-backs traded Starling Marte for freaking Caleb Smith, who is up and down between the major leagues and the minor leagues. Meanwhile, the Marlins, when they trade Starling Marte and use him for two months, they get back Jesus Lizardo, who looks like a legit starting rotation guy. Why can't the D-backs pull off a move like that? But that's a rant for another day. Trevor Rogers, he was an all-star last year as a rookie. He's currently their fourth starter in the yeah. rotation. He yeah. hasn't even gotten going yet. So wait till he gets going. That offense hasn't gotten going. Like you said, Avisil Garcia I had to drop him off a fancy team because he's been so bad to start the year. Most of their offense hasn't done anything. But Jesus Sanchez, Jesus, Chan- Jesus Sanchez, Jazz Chisholm, they basically carried that offense so far. The pitching has been dominant. And you've been right on this team, Sully. You've been early on this team. And we'll see what they could do. They're coming off this hot winning streak. I still think they need to get some bats in this lineup and probably they do. need to be buyers at the deadline if they want to really contend this season. You know, and they may have to pick the carcass of the minor league team that plays in Cincinnati, who has only three more wins than you and I have at this point. Wow. I mean, and their just, offense is basically on par with the D-backs, though. So hopefully true. D-backs offense could get better. Hey, do you, I was uh, at the dog park the other day. I had my dog, Eleanor, okay. with me. <laughs> and I had my earbuds in. I was listening to a ball game. And it was an absolutely riveting ball game and everything I love about baseball. And the two teams playing were the Arizona Diamondbacks and the St. Louis Cardinals. Okay. I was listening to Merrill Kelly go up mm-hmm. against Miles Mikolas. And is that how you pronounce his name? Mikolas. Mikolas? I think so. Greek name. And it was everything I love about two pitchers pitching effectively, that every hit or run was you know precious. So you, it, the pace of the game was was great. The defense on both sides was terrific. The pitching staff on both sides were terrific. Kelly wound up throwing seven scoreless innings and allowing only two hits. Michaelis matched him through seven before letting up a pair of solo home runs, one by Marte. I don't remember who the other one off the top of my head. Nick Ahmed. Nick Ahmed, that's right. And Nick Ahmed made a great play defensively 
in that game. And I'm sitting there watching my dog run around the dog park, transfixed by the Diamondbacks versus the Cardinals. And I'm thinking, this is what I love. When you and I were talking early about the pitching matchups, these were Mm -hmm. two pitchers locking antlers. And it created a, uh, how do I say it, a personality to the game, which is unique to baseball. We just saw an NBA playoff. So look at, I'm not a huge NBA fan, but oh. I, I enjoy they're my they're my second it's my second favorite sport. I don't follow nearly as much as I used to, but I can't help but get yeah, I get caught up in the playoffs because it's it's amazing. I used to follow basketball. Time. I, I there's a period of my life I followed basketball almost as closely as I followed baseball. But wow. when you get older and I'm approaching the big five bagel, um you 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 either uh you either Say I'm just going to follow every sport casually, or you pick your one sport that you stick to. So for I think you figured out which sport I picked. Yeah, but I but I do I do love the NBA playoffs. But here's the thing: you have that first round and all the play-in games and everything like that. But you have a best of seven first round of the NBA playoffs, and it's almost impossible to get an upset because it's the same matchup, game after game after game. It's the same team. So if you're better, it's not like you could throw. When I think about teams that have upset other teams, there's been a situation where a dominant pitcher won a huge game. The biggest upset I ever saw in my life was in 1988 when the Dodgers upset both two teams that won over 100 games, the Mets and the A's, and they were led by Hershiser. And so they knew every game that Hershiser pitched, they had the way upper hand. But in basketball, it's the same team. So lo and behold, what's the next round? One, two, the one, two, three, and four seeds on the East, one, two, three, and four seeds in the West. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, okay, and now the real playoffs begin because we got rid of all those other teams. And trim so now fat. let's trim the fat and have the, the four best teams or the eight best teams remaining. And with baseball, you can have an upset become more prevalent because a team's pitching staff it might be the worst matchup for them. When Kansas City beat the A's, the Angels, the Orioles, and nearly beat the Giants in the 2014 postseason, it's because their bullpen was unstoppable. And all they had to do was steal their way, get a lead by the seventh, and that game was over. Meanwhile, there have been some years where a starting pitching staff was so deep that there was no way you can stop them. And so you... You can't have that in other sports. The closest you can have that is in hockey. If you have a team that has a dominant goalie, can over you know you could can stop a team. But having that variety of pitchers in a rotation was unique to baseball, and it's something I don't want to lose if everything turns into a bullpen game. So I guess this has been my TED talk. Yeah, I was like, I didn't know where you're going with it. Mostly. No, but I mean, I, I just but I think I, I think I followed along as we got. Well, I was saying that game between the Diamondbacks and the the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I have never been to St. Louis. I've been to Phoenix once. I didn't really have a dog in the fight, except I like my friend Miller Thomas to be happy. So I, I guess of the I was rooting for uh, Arizona in that situation. Sorry, but Lucas. I was I was riveted by that game, and part of it was because the way the two pitchers were putting their personality, putting this their stamp on that game, and I don't want to lose that baseball. Don't yeah. fight what you are and try to make yourself like other sports. 
Yeah, I don't want to see that. I mean, I like it. I want to see if we're going to have a pitcher's duel, I want it to be between the two starters going deep in the game. I don't want the pitcher's duel to be my starter, the two starters going four innings, and then now it's the bullpens duking it out. Like, that's not as fun. And it's also the pace of the game. Like, I don't want to see bullpen guys. Like, we've been, we changed the rules, you know, somewhat to where now the bullpen guys to face three batters or whatever. But I still don't want to see the concept of the, the manager coming out, their guy go to the bullpen. It's it just a lot of downtime when that happens. So one of the great things about the D backs this season, if you like watching their games, like I do, the pace of play for these D-backs games have been very good so far this season because their pitching has been so dominant and their offense has been so bad. It produces a lot of quick innings for these D-backs games. So if you want to watch a game, just go three hours basically flat every game. The D-backs are the perfect team for you because it literally feels like these games fly by. And I feel like the prep takes me a lot longer most of the time than the actual gameplay that goes on. So for the D-backs so far this season, it's been really fun for the pace of play and specifically in that matchup uh, with Merrill Kelly versus St. Louis Cardinals. It was a fun matchup because both of those two starters were guys who had pretty much an unconventional path to the major leagues. Both of them both started elsewhere overseas and then basically made it to the major leagues later in their career. So it was kind of special for both of them because Merrill Kelly signed as like a 28 year old over from the Korean league. And then uh, the St. Louis Cardinals guy, I'm not sure where he signed from, but both of these guys were dudes that started with unconventional paths and had to work their way into major league baseball. I think Merrill Kelly actually said, or might have been reversed. I don't remember. But one of them used the other guy as the model to actually getting into Major League Baseball. I don't remember who came first. So it was actually fun to see those two guys match up against each other. Both of them went seven innings, and both of them had a phenomenal start. But like you said, uh, the guy for the Cardinals just ended up giving up two solo shots by the clutch D-backs hitters, and the D-backs ended up winning that game. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it is something that I love about when you, you know, you get the late spring, early summer, And, you know, I know I'm a little bit of a unicorn as a baseball fan because most people are just fans of their team. And I'm someone who enjoys watching. I I enjoy following the entire sport. And I love their days like I had sitting there at the dog park going, hey, I'm going to follow this game right now. And you get totally hooked on it. And the great thing about baseball, by the way, it's a Michaelis. That's how you pronounce it. Miles Michaelis. Um, Googling that pronunciation. Yeah, I quickly, I quickly Googled it. Yeah, he he bounced around uh, and uh, had that one great year in 2018. But anyway, I love that when you get hooked on a game that you did not ex- expect to get hooked on to. But here you are. You wind, you wind up loving it when I'm watching it. And hopefully some of you get hooked on our podcasts that we do, hey. that you and I do all week. And we do our crossover every Monday. Hey, Millard, where can people follow your show? At Creators Thomas 24 for my personal account. If you want to just follow me on Twitter or look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And I always got to say, because I don't say it enough, follow us on YouTube at Lockdown Diamondbacks. Yep. And you can follow our show at Lockdown MLB Pod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. It's early, but it's not that early. And it's never the wrong time to win, it's never the right time to lose. It is another locked on. I'm going to leave you hanging there. Another <laughs> locked on crossover on Monday with Miller Thomas. I'm your pal Sully. Let's fist pump. Let's fist pump another Monday. Yeah. Another Monday. Boom. I'm your yeah. host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. 
Come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast or the Locked On MLB podcast with my pal Sully. Locked On Now recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And please come back next week for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Hopefully the D-backs destroy the Rockies this series so we can talk hella crap on Paul Holden of Locked On Rockies. But until then, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!